Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Claro que sí, Stevie. How are we? Claro que sí. Oh, tu español es muy bueno. Eh, mi español es muy pequeño. <laughs> uh, esta es todo. <laughs> Where did that come from? I don't know. I was, fe I was feeling a little like uh, claro que sí. I don't know how to say it. I was Fair feeling enough. a little uh, je ne sais quoi. Oh, there you go. I've exhausted all my Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> well, um... Feliz Viernes a ti. Um, gracias. Happy Friday to you. Uh, y tu también. Perfecto. Hey, I watched a couple of movies. Mm -hmm. All I had to do is take out Mama, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Yes. And welcome in everyone listening out there in listening land. You're listening to uh, Set Phasers, a highly illogical, if you couldn't tell, Star Trek podcast. And today's star date is star date three two four nine zero three point six. We're discussing uh, Lower Decks, Star Trek Lower Decks, season two, episode four, entitled. Oh boy, I wrote down so many versions of this. Uh, entitled, let's say Mugatu Gumatu. That's what I thought it was. Mugatu Gumatu. Okay. Yes. Or yeah, but there's. Uh, I didn't count, but, uh, like I lost count around four or five, but I think there's like maybe six or seven different pronunciations of Magatu used in this episode. I did not even pay that close attention. Yeah. Oops. Well, look at me. Oops. Top points. Uh, I win the House Cup. I'm best boy. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Yes. Oh, dear. So I don't know. Yeah, let's just run it down. All right. It's time to run it down. Can you run it down for me? What just happened? Can you run it down for me? Yes, I'd love to run it down for you. So, I'm back to paper notes. So this this is gonna this is old school. I uh, don't have all my fancy stuff. But here we go. It begins with Boimler and Rutherford. They're in the like workout area. I'm sure there's a name for that. Gym? Mm. I don't know. Never been. <laughs> and uh, they walk there, like, dressed up for uh, a little Ambo Jitsu uh, with the whole American Gladiator poofy stick giant Q-tip thing. They walk past Mariner, and she's like, hey, you guys going to go do some Ambo? And they're like, yeah, yeah, maybe meet us in there. And she's like, oh, I'd love to play. And then they secretly exchange, uh, you know, uh, uh, they're basically crowing because they've been working out on Ambo at midnight for the past three months to try and beat Mariner. And apparently it's like 20 minutes until Shax is going to get there. So they get in there. It's two on one. It's both of them versus Mariner. They score a point on Mariner and make her nose bleed. It's just blood in her mouth. And they're like, oh, sorry. And then she's like, no, this is perfect. Great. I can finally get a real workout in. And then she proceeds to start beating the crap out of them. Uh, Shax does show up. But he's like, don't mind me. I'm 10 minutes early. And he just like sits down and reads while they scream in pain. Then there's credits. 
what's interesting is that this after credits scene is like a little it's like a little cold open of its own if this was like a serious star trek this would be the cold mm-hmm. open it would be the two scientists on the planet and they're talking about whatever this one they're talking about Ractagena, which of course i love and in fact in celebration of that instead of my customary coffee uh tea rather i am drinking coffee today you're janeway i am a weed 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 coffee jenny a weed coffee jenny i'm janeway uh we coffee janeway and um they're talking about that and then they're they run into a giant mugatu beast or gumatu or whatever you want to call it uh it's got one big horn it's like an abominable snowman looking mm. kind of thing with one horn on top of its head and they run off screaming and it turns out that those those the mugatu are not native to this planet frylon 4 so cerritos is headed there to frylon 4 uh, in order to find out why these Mugatu, which are not native to that planet, are there, we get the lowdown uh, from Freeman, uh, Ransom, and Shax that apparently these things are poisonous, carnivorous, and they have the strength of 10 men, uh, but Shax thinks they can find them. We go down to what I'm going to keep calling 10 forward, even though it's probably a smaller ship and it's probably a different forward, probably like 5 mm-hmm. forward or 8 forward, who knows. Uh, and Rutherford and Boimler, this is like a Rutherford and Boimler buddy episode kind of uh, balanced against the Mariner Tendi buddy episode of last week. This is boys trip, sort of. Uh, they're playing a game called Diplomats. Mariner shows up and apparently in the game, basically you win by both of you being unhappy with uh, your extensive uh, your extensive negotiations and that means you've reached compromise. Hooray! Uh, but Mariner's like, hey, why don't you guys come to the holodeck and work out with me? She needs some live ammo. They're like, no. Uh, she's like, fine, you guys have this nerdy thing, and I think it suits you. She leaves to go eat by herself, and the bartender fish eyes her. And so when Boimler and Rutherford go over to the bartender, whose name is Honus, and has a distinct, what I would describe as New England accent, mm-hmm. sort of New Hampshire, Maine, almost Boston, not quite. He's like, he calls Mariner a powder keg. And he said, it's not a real name. And they're like, why? What's the scuttlebutt? And he's heard a, a rumor, Honus, this bartender, that Mariner was especially trained for Starfleet Black Ops. And she's friends with those them because they're the two softest guys on the ship. And it's the perfect cover. But she's programmed to protect herself at all costs. It's the it's the classic Star Trek sleeper agent thing where the bad baddie is the good, good or baddie. You know, the middling person is sort of hidden as a wolf in sheep's clothing. Uh, Rutherford and Boimler don't really believe it, but then Boimler gives a bunch of examples, and Rutherford is looking at Mariner, who's like playing with a knife at the table for fun, and they're a little uh, questioning. Meanwhile, Tendi's in sick bay, and apparently she's been working on being more confident. But when her patient has like an alert that goes off, she tries to go over there, but she's like boxed out by this other uh, lieutenant, definitely played by Jess McKenna. Jess McKenna did like five voices in this episode. I'm now starting to recognize mm-hmm. my favorite uh, comedians. Uh, uh, and so she's kind of like gives up on that. And then Tian, Dr. Tiana calls her into the office and basically says there's a bunch of people on the ship who have not shown up for their their like yearly physical. It's just a scan, quick scan, but they haven't shown up. And so she wants Tendi to go out there and find them and scan them however she has to do it. And Tendi's like, great, I'd love to do that. I won't let you down. Meanwhile, uh, Boimler and Rutherford, they're supposed to be reading up on Mugatus. And this is where Boimler points out that Mugatus, there's like several pronunciations for them. There's Mugatu, Mugutu, Mugatu, Gumatu, and apparently a few others that we'll run into. 
And he says, isn't that inconsistent? Ha ha ha. Run into Mugatu. Sorry, I enjoyed your little rhyme there. Thank you. I do my best. Um, Rutherford is distracted because he's reading Mariner's Starfleet record. And they're looking at all the ships she served on. It doesn't add up. She bounces around so much. And apparently one ship she was on, the Atlantis, half the crew disappeared. And the ship was got like the screw had the crew had to be put away. And they're like, maybe she killed half of them. They don't know what's up. And then she shows up and says, like, well, who are you guys talking about? They're like, oh, they get scared and throw a, a tricorder at her. And she catches it, uh, you know, with lightning flash reflexes. Lightning flash? Lightning flash? What's that? Killer Romulan, Romulan Killer Romulan Warrior, Nun. Warrior Nuns. I should do my exercises before the show. Lightning fast. Uh, and that scares them. Uh, but they're so they're sort of like starting to be like, oh, maybe Mariner is like Black Ops. Section 31. Uh, so there's a storm moving in on Frylon 4. Shax is leading the away mission. Basically, they've been told not to. They can't take any weapons because the Mugatus are an endangered species. Uh, so they get down there, they fan out to in the area where the light, life sign was detected. Uh, Shax immediately finds a huge heap of Mugatu dung, which he proceeds to uh, scoop up on a finger and taste. He says it's fresh and tangy, and so they must be on the right trail. And so they start going along that trail. Rutherford and Boimler are hanging back, and they're trying to rationalize this whole Mariner thing. They're like, oh, you know what? It's just Mariner. We're only looking for one Mugatu based. So... The, the the bartender told us she'll only flip out if her back is up against the wall. So we're probably fine. More dung, more shacks tasting it. Finally, they discover a huge Mugatu, uh, like, like uh, pens, basically like these Ferengi. Ferengi have, uh, are like breeding these Mugatu to sell for their horns or tusks. And these are the, like, I wrote down old school Ferengi. Because uh, Ferengi, when they first showed up in TNG, had like lightning whips or something and stole women and hopped around weirdly and were like just bad guys with big ears. Season was like an early one of season one. It was great. And those electric whips that they had. Do you remember? Because there there was a scene where the Ferengi was on screen with Picard and the Ferengi was huge. Like the face just took up the whole screen. I just remember that and be like, oh, yeah. big, ugly head. Be, we're like, oh, big head, big ears, lightning whips. And they wanted, they wanted to steal the women of the, of the Enterprise or something like that. I forget what the exact plot of that episode was. Anyway, uh, these old school Ferengi are down there and they're selling the Mugatu cubs uh, for their horns and tusks. They have laser whips. The leader is wearing a Mugatu fur, like a full Mugatu fur head to toe. And they have a signal dampener, so there's no way for them to be able to reach the Cerritos. Boiler suggests, hey, maybe we should we should retreat and contact the Cerritos and get some backup. And Shax is like, no, we're outnumbered. This is just how I like it. Backs up against the wall. And so they attack. Uh, they show up. They attack their Ferengi poachers. They confront the leader. Uh, Shax basically says, do you have a permit? And the Ferengi says, yes, a permit to whip you. And he tries to whip Shax. Shax dodges. The whip hits a control panel. It lets all the Mugatu out. There's a stampede. Everything goes absolutely crazy. They start killing all the Ferengi, the Mugatu, right? Like many of them anyway. Uh, the person who was there is like was buying Mugatu horns, uh, manages to get back to his little ship and take off uh, without getting uh, ripped apart. 
uh, Boimler and Rutherford look over and see in the madness, Mariner stabs Shax with a knife she appears to and then be sucking the blood out of the wound or something. It's crazy. So they run away because they're terrified and they think Mariner has turned because she's black ops and they're dummies. Um, <laughs> the buyer, meanwhile, gets out of the planet. Uh, sort of atmosphere is hailed by the Cerritos, denies everything. They're like, hey, we just want to know if you ran into our away team. He tries to blow them off. They try to tractor him in. Uh, then his ship starts to come apart, so they emergency transport him to the bridge, and his ship blows up, even though they were at the, quote, lowest tractor factor. I'm sure that happened in a TNG episode as well. I just couldn't figure out which one. It seemed familiar, but also, like, I feel like in a TNG mm. episode, that would be like a real mystery. <laughs> it would be like a real question, like, why did it blow up? I don't remember it being like a, like what this turns out to be like a, just a scam, right? I feel like it was a scam and it was Ferengi and it, or maybe that it was the Patleks and they captured or kidnapped somebody and then something blew up when they tried to tractor it or something. Do you remember? That seems more likely. Well, no, there was a couple, the Ferengi did come back. Yeah. So, yeah, it's getting it's 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 all a jumble in my brain. I can't remember if it was the Packlets or the Ferengi. I feel like the yeah, Ferengi we could, we could, were always yeah. super combative. But so are the the Packlet. I mean, season one and two of TNG. It's uh, it's a long ways away. Uh, although I did recently send Stevie. Uh, you you may recall if you listened last week, Stevie was. <laughs> you were sort of. Um, you were non-believing that there were commemorative plates sold for uh, for franchises of TNG, and I was at my dad's house, and the commemorative that plate which sits yes. on the mantle to this day for TNG. I send a photo. I'm actually going to post that. I'm glad you Please reminded do. me. Please do. I'm very proud of mm. my dad's collection. There's also a, a Cisco doll, but I didn't take a picture of that because even I'm embarrassed about it. Uh, still in the box. <laughs> so um, <laughs> anyway, where were we? Uh Meanwhile, Boimler and Rutherford, they're like kind of lost on the planet. They're attacked by a wild Mugatu. They hide under a tree and they meet Patingi, who says he's a biologist. He has five books on Mugatus and he will walk them to safety. And he says, just stay down and follow me. And he starts making Mugatu noises. And they're like, you know what? Patingi's great. He's going to save us. He's Australian voiced, even though he's not Australian. Um, Tendi is out looking for people on the ship. She runs into Lieutenant Stevens, who blows her off. Uh, she managed to scan him while he's trying to pick up a lady at the bar in seven forward and uh, in so doing um, uh, exposes him for having weak bones. And then she manages to go do a lot of scans of people. She scans. Uh, well, we'll get there. Uh, Boimler and Rutherford uh, find out as they're crawling behind Patinky that he's not written five books. He has five books. He's read five books and feels like he knows enough. And they go like, oh, that's not great. And then a Mugatu jumps out and bites his head off. So Boyle and Rutherford run away. And they fall down a cliff. Uh, they survive. And then they return to sort of wandering through the forest. And they wonder if they're going to have to turn in Mariner. Because she, you know, she killed Jax, according to them. And they wonder if she was ever her friend, their friend, or just using them as a cover. And then they spot two Mugatu. And so they go hide in an empty log. And the Mugatu run over and sniff the log and then start mating on the log. Half of which drops into the river and then they try to sneak out on the other half of the hollow log. But then another one shows up, but that one's just there to watch. So now they're stuck sort of beneath in this log while these Mugatu are getting it on. 
Uh, Tendi managed to go. She gets Jet, the new guy who showed up, who was also fighting our friend from the first episode, our uh, uh, Shaka, his arms wide. Uh, Chief Lundy on the holodeck on a, what I assume was a date, like jet skiing. And there's only one name left on her list. Patient 08.019. But who is that? Da-da-da! Will we ever find out? Boimler and Rutherford waited out, and when the Mugatus fall asleep after their sweet, sweet mating, they get away, and they wonder if Captain Freeman knew about Mariner all along, and the Boimler's like, maybe it was the captain's idea, and they're like, oh, maybe this mother-daughter thing was a setup the whole time, and then they spot a Mugatu trap on their path, and they're like, oh, Mugatu trap, and then they're surprised by Mariner, who jumps out of the thing, and she steps into the trap, and she's like, guys, help, the Ferengi are coming, they're like, we're not going to free you, because we know you're black ops, and she's like, what? And they're like, you, we saw you kill Shax and suck his blood. And she's like, Shax got stabbed by a Mugatu and it was poisonous. So she had to suck the poison out. And she reveals that this whole black ops rumor, she started it. Of course she did. Of course she did. She's Mariner. She likes to pop off. Everyone on the Atlantis uh, got Kerplikian lice. Kerplikian lice. Yeah, practicing Kerplikian, Kerplikian lice. lice. Oh, I said rice. Oops. Kerplikian, you did say rice. Kerplikian lice. Kerplikian lice. Killer warrior Romulan nuns. Killer Romulan warrior nuns. Killer Romulan warrior nuns. Killer warrior Romulan nuns. Killer Romulan warrior nuns. It doesn't matter how you say it, just as long as you get it out. Anyway, so to test this whole thing, they throw both their tricorders at her and they hit her in her face. And they're like, it was a lucky catch. And she's like, you dummies. But the Ferengis are on their way and Marin is still stuck and they can't help her. And she says, like, well, you guys are going to have to be the badasses today and save us all. And the Ferengi show up and take Mariner while Boimler and Rutherford hide. Tendi is still searching for the last patient on the ship. And Tiana's like, you know what? I thought you'd give up after this. You did a great job. No problem. Just move on. And Tendi's like, okay, I guess. But then she sees on a panel that the, the the call sign for the doctor is 08.019. And it's Tiana who's the last holdout. And she's like, I don't need to be scanned. I'm the doctor. Um, and then they chase each other through the ship. And the doctor gets very catty. Meanwhile, Freeman offer, uh, freedom. Freeman, uh, Captain Freeman, offers the, the, bad, the sort of dude who was trying to buy um, horns, by the way, that has to be Paul F. Tompkins doing that voice. Uh, Mr. Hyde, a shuttlecraft to replace his ship. And he starts to milk it. And she's like, well, what? he's like, I had a lot of precious things on there. And, and they're like, what? And she, he just looks at the souvenirs behind her on the wall and is like, oh, all those things. Basically, he lists off all the stuff on her wall. Uh, Boimler and Rutherford get to the Ferengi compound. They sneak in. They're sort of like, what are we going to do? We're not bad badass martial arts studying guys they're like but well, we have something that we have our brains so they go in there and they grab some tools and you're like oh they're going to a team this meanwhile uh mariner and Jax and everyone else on the away team is is stuck in one of the pens uh mariner uh tendy oh actually is still chasing dr tiana and they go into jeffrey's tubes and they're like fighting uh tendy falls out and breaks her arm and she's like, oh, my arm. And Tiana's like, oh, yeah, good try to get me to try and stop. And then when she turns and looks back, you can see Tendi's arm is visibly snapped open. Uh, and so she does come back. But then Tendi manages to scan her when she comes back before passing out from her actual broken arm. Meanwhile, Mariner in her pens is telling the Ferengi they're dumb <laughs> for not just replicating stuff instead of buying it with their gold-pressed latinum. 
She calls them throwback last output, last outpost Ferengi. Uh, and says, like, haven't you ever heard of quarks? You guys could be hunting something different. Why are you selling animals like poachers, you weirdos? Boimler and Rutherford show up, and they've got their weapon. And it turns out to be uh, basically a PowerPoint, a hollow PowerPoint presentation showing the Ferengi a cost-benefit analysis that they can increase their profits where they, to instead of selling the Mugatu beast, create a sort of preserve for the Mugatu and charge people to show up and, and T-shirts and shirts and so on and so forth. Um... Uh, they they confer and they agree to the compromise. Hooray, compromise. Remember diplomacy in the beginning? In the end, Shax is back on a bio bed and Dr. Tiana is standing over him and she says uh, the Mugatu Venequin have uh, effects on people and so she'll need to check up on him later. And then they're maybe going to get it on. I mean, almost definitely. Tandy's in a bio bed and she's looking a little despondent. Uh, but then a patient next to her goes into alert and when other people try to take control again she jumps in and she says no give me 20 cc's of space and asserts herself and Dr. Tiana comes over and congratulates her and says you know you showed a lot of uh, chutzpah today Uh, but then she's like but this is not your patient so get the hell out of my way Uh, Freeman is talking to her husband Admiral Freeman I don't know what the Admiral's first name is Um, anyone anyone I Bueller? didn't have that. I just had Bueller? Admiral. Let me find. Let me find. Do you I want me to Google wrote, that? I wrote Husband Admiral. Yes, I would love for you to Google that. You can Google that. I know we don't play that one a lot, but it might be my favorite. <laughs> you can Google, Google that. that. You can Google that. I don't think I can sing that low, except in the mornings. It is. Oh, it's we just, just have Admiral. Just Admiral that is Freeman. his only name. Admiral right. Freeman. Played wonderfully Phil by yes. Phil Lamar. And you were correct. It is Paul F. Tompkins. Oh, it has to be. Paul F. Tompkins and Jess McKenna. I just listen to them on too many podcasts. When they talk, when they speak, I hear it. If they were Irish, I wouldn't be able to. Oh, I've been working on my Irish. This is not important for the podcast, but uh, <clears throat> I've been working on my Irish. Or you rich. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. To be sure. Maybe. Uh, uh, that's all I got right now. So let's not get too but crazy. Got oil I'm just hoping. <laughs> I know the eyes become always. <laughs> I've been working. I've been working oil. on my, my Irish. I've been. No, it's not great. But I, I'm working on it. Try with when you say I will. And if you use uh, the word. Uh-huh. Um, when you can. Concent- I'll a contraction. Con- yeah. Contraction. Thank you. I was going to say concentrate. Um, oil. Becomes oil as oil. O-I-L. Oh, see, when you say it, the, but then I got like it says oil. <laughs> exactly. And if I, if Arnold Schwarzenegger were to have done an Irish accent, he would have said, oil be back. Oil be back. Oil be back. Oil be back. I'll oil. <laughs> 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 I can't do it. Okay. So anyway, oh, I'm working on it for D&D. So now it's going to happen. And stay tuned, listeners, for my Irish accent. It's going to be great. And that's not it. So Freeman is talking to her husband, Admiral Husband. He asks if there was any ship accident. She's like, oh, no, nothing like that. He's like, oh, because we heard some stuff in that sector that people show up with a ship that is kind of beat up and it self-destructs and they blame Starfleet and then people, you know, Starfleet play. It's like a scam. And Freeman's like, oh, no, nothing like that ever happened. But they quickly track through the shuttle before Mr. Hyde can get away. And they pull him back and say, listen, you can basically go to a Starfleet penal colony or you can work for the Rangi on the Mugatu Preserve. So he winds up uh, shoveling Mugatu dung on the preserve. 
mean and uh, final scene boimler rutherford and mariner are playing diplomat back in seven forward and uh apparently mariner is beating the hell out of them but they won't let her know and she doesn't really get the game but she's doing great she goes to get three drinks at the bar it's uh, uh honus at the bar again Did i say his name right honus Honus. I need to go. It's not mine. You're correct. Be Where's one? Honus. 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 Yes. She goes to get three drinks. And then uh, while she's there, she starts a rumor about Boimler and Rutherford, about them being the Mugatu brothers, that they got bitten or cut by one of the Mugatu and received strange powers. And Honus says, oh, well, your secret's safe with me. And they get yelled at by his boss, which apparently is what Honus does. Thus ending episode four season two of lower decks and like days of old i shall throw the papers stand back the end! Oh. chris oh i love it when you throw the papers please hold while anki picks up his papers i need to consult my papers I think it's evident if anyone's ever seen me try to throw papers that i've never won any sporting event <laughs> do not know how to celebrate uh okay well <laughs> that's the end of that um should we do uh oh, my face hurt well should we do easter eggs it's either easter eggs or quotable moments let's do easter eggs Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Easter Egg Corner. My name is Aki Burmese. We go immediately to our consultant on the ground. Consultant? Our reporter on the ground, Stevie Man. Stevie, what have you got for for today's episode? Well, hi there, Aki. Pleasure to be here, as always. Yeah. As you know, we have a number of Easter eggs in this episode. However, I did feel that this was much more the quintessential episodic trek on yes. the Lower Decks than we've uh -huh. really seen before, especially in this season. So, Toast my goats. Totes my goats. My favorite thing I think was this was not an Easter egg, however, my favorite thing was the diplomath game. It was diplomath. Yeah. I thought I was like, oh that's yes. so nerdy. I really love it. So, so nerdy. and nerdy. Diplomats. Um but obviously we had our Ferengi who were uh who Mariner even referred to as some creepy throwback to last outpost last outpost style Ferengi. And I was a bit like there's this sort of discussion as to whether this is a th reference to the episode title. Or perhaps we're referencing mm. what it was in like the Starfleet logs. Mm, hard to say, right. but it's like super meta if it's going to be like the episode title. I think that it's actually, if I'm not mistaken, I, have, I didn't go back and watch the episode, but I do believe the, it's actually called the last outpost. Mm, not is. the, I know, I, I know the episode, but I mean in the episode. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is impossible to yes, talk about. It's so right. meta. I mm. think in the episode they call it the last, the last outpost. outpost. Mm. Thus. Okay. Yeah. Thus, it's not. But that it skirts the line. It no, does. You're right. yeah. hmm. Interesting. You're right. Uh, we also had a reference to Starfleet intelligence in Section 31, where we were talking about Mariner and whether she was Black Ops, that kind of B yes. plot that was going on, which I thought was quite fun because Gosh. obviously, Section 31, I'm excited. Section 31. Section 31. Uh, obviously, we had our Ambo. Anbo or Anbo? Anbo Jitsu. I think it's A N, Anbo. Anbo. Anbo Jitsu at the beginning for our cold open. And I remember Riker dressing up in that. It was hilarious. It was a bit, I think it was like the same era of like um, gladiators. Do you remember? Mm -hmm. Like it yes. was of that time yeah. and the sort of blue and the that red. American gladiator yeah. nonsense. Oh, yes. It was hilarious. Mm -hmm. 
And then the last one I had, which I think you would love. So the Denobulans are chatting at the beginning about drinking the Klingon Raktagino, which we mm -hmm. think is sort of similar to coffee, um, which is notably a favorite of the stars, stars, I should say, the, the crew of DS9. So it's Kira, like Captain, Ki well, sorry, Major Kira, Captain Sisko, mm. and Jazzy Dax, but not Esri Dax. Not uh, Esri Dax, did not yeah. like Rakugino. Crazy. She was only there for a season. Mm. But still, I thought you liked mm. the little DS9 reference. We don't get so many of those. I love it. I have a doll Sisko at yes. home, as we've discussed in this episode. Yes, we need to see the doll. Yes, mm, I think just just at least for the Instagram linking. I don't know about that. Maybe it seems like <laughs> it seems like a bridge too far. We all know I can't throw paper, <laughs> so I don't know if we need dolls to see that I have Star Trek dolls. Also, it may make me want more Star Trek. We dolls. have just posted your Star Trek plate, so you did. I did. Yeah. Well, the world can know now. It can be told. Commemorative Star Plate might not yeah. be the only one. Hmm. Uh, do you have any Easter eggs that you would like to reference? Um, do I have any Easter eggs that I would like to reference? There was nothing. You covered the last outpost thing. Uh, and I couldn't find, I couldn't in my just casual memory remember anything about Mugatos or Bugatti. 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 Bugatti's. Bugatti's. The, the monster. The Bugatti Bayrons. Yeah. That's the car. Um, so... I don't know. I for me, the Easter eggs now apparently is identifying voice actors mm. from bit parts. You yeah. enjoy that, okay? I sure do. Well, Aki, uh, that's that's all we have time for here on Easter eggs down at uh, Star Star Trek Lower Decks. It's back to you in the studio. Do, 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 do. Thank you for joining us, and now we're going to throw to our next program, Quotable Moments. Quotable Moments. Ah. Whew, that one came out of nowhere. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I should just you, do it myself. Uh, well, you know, but it's got some that reverb you put on it is very, very. It does. You know, I almost had some received pronunciation it just today. Scares you a little bit. Briefly, I'm sorry. Uh, you're telling me about ears last. You know this. You know our podcast is about yes. Star Trek and accents, right? <laughs> Those are yes. our two things. Uh, anyway, I don't know that I can recreate it. It happened while I was wandering around the house. So. Um, I have a couple of quotes that I very much enjoyed. Uh, two of them from, okay. are from Dr. Tiana. I really loved when Tendi finds out that she's the last holdout. She says, you want me to see the doctor? See a doctor? I am the doctor. Which I really loved. And uh, mm -hmm. the truly almost appalling uh, when she says to Shax that she might have to check up on him later because of the, the, the after effects of the Mugatu venom. She says, I might have to check up on you later. In your quarters, I just got my physical. I could heal you all night. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Totes and probes. Yeah. Totes and probes. I like the docs who are totes and probes. Um, I like give me 20 cc's of space. I love that. And this is so hard now that I'm back to my stupid paper. <laughs> I used to bold, make them bold. Now what do I do? Uh, I think that's all I have. You got anything outside of that? I have one. And it was Rutherford. Um, and they were, you know, down on the planet. And uh, Rutherford says to to um Boimler, she doesn't seem dangerous. I think we're just being silly billies. <laughs> well, that was cute. It is cute, and he was right. But then they spiraled yeah. out of control. Can't we love a good anxiety spiral? 
in an episode. We all live in a yellow submarine. Um. Yeah, I think that's yeah. it. Should we? Uh, you want me to see a doctor? I'm the doctor, and I can heal you all night. I'm just flipping through my pages here like a super nerd playing diplomats. Oh, that's all I got. Wait, no, no, no. Oh, no. I said that already. Jack says, do you have a permit? And the Frankie says, yes, a permit to whip you. That was my other favorite line. (laughs) That was a good one. All right. (laughs) Next time on set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So listen, next time on set phasers, we'll talk about episode five. Again, we're watching these live, so I don't know what that means. Um, but we're very excited about it. I hope you're excited. I think this means we're halfway through the season if this is a 10 episode season. Might be less. Mm-hmm. Maybe eight. I should have checked. You're one away from being halfway We're one away. Oh, yes, of course. If it is, in fact, a 10. And I'll let you know. A little cliffhanger for next week. I'll let you know if it's a 10 episode season once I Google that. Google that. So we also need to do Strange New Worlds. That's coming soon. Is it coming out soon? We have soon? to add that to our docket. Oh, yeah. yeah. Strange New Worlds, Section 31. All of it, baby. Yeah. Ooh, All of so it. How are we gonna, we're going to have a lot of work. I hope they never put out more than one at a time because that would uh, destroy us. I think they are. I think that's really? what's happening. Really? There's going to be overlaps? Yeah. I think so. Why would they do that to, to us? We should I don't know. I will check. I will check the Instagram. Lettered, lettered, I'm going to send a strongly lettered word to Alex Kurtzman and tell him, Dear Sir Obatum, uh, to whom it may concern, uh, uh, you should not put out more than one. Huh? huh? Yes? Oh, no, I messed up. Just it's one week till Star Trek Day. Oh, I think God. that was earlier this yes, week. Yes, yes. Right, we're, we're okay. Whew. I think it's one. Oh, I feel bad about that because I think it's my wife's birthday on Star Trek Day. Oops. Gonna have to oh, figure that no, one out. You're gonna have to do one of those sitcom episodes where you're like, ah, oh, yes, of course, a romantic dinner. Let me be right back. I just need to check on the turkey, and then you run over and you watch your partner. I think it's gonna work out. Fine. Yeah. Uh, you're an adult. <laughs> you're not gonna do anything ridiculous. Uh, anyway, thank you very much for joining us and listening to us. If you enjoy the program, you can catch it anywhere you get your podcast from every Monday, uh, wherever you get your podcast from. Yep. Join us or by following or subscribing. And, of course, you can follow along with all of our fun Instagrams. And if you want to see that last post about the commemorative plate, you can find it at Set Phasers and at Set Phasers Podcast on the Facebook and the Instagram. Yeah, and real talk, that plate is from like 30 years ago. So it's commemorative, baby. Oh, we is. are remembering, yeah. remembering me. Uh, and I, did, like I, I hid the locations that no one could find it. And yeah, like it's stalk nowhere. you and it's steal it the, and the, put it on eBay. It's in the Alpha Quadrant somewhere. <laughs> if you want to support us on our continuing mission to discover what else Star Trek has in store for us, we'd only be delighted. Also, it may go into more commemorative place. You can patronize us. We can take it by going to patreon.com slash set phasers. Indeed. Well, until next time, and if you have not signed up for uh, our Patreon, unfortunately, you will have just missed our last Netflix watch party, but you can catch us next month. Yeah, and it'll we'll, be yesterday at the time of hearing. Yeah, we'll watch Trek together. But until then, I am Stevie Manns. And I am patient 08.091. And this has been Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Computer. End program. Hmm?